All right, guys, welcome to episode 14 of Beef's Beef. Uh, this is actually a re-recording. We did this recording about, what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago? Yeah. At, at a little get-together we had, and uh, Genius here forgot to turn the right microphone on, so we didn't get any of it. But Plus, I'm sober now, so yeah. it helps. A special episode today, though. Uh, we are actually doing it from work during lunch, but we got Brian Helton on here, and we also have J- Jason Schaffline. What's up? Hello. Uh, we're going to do a special episode today. Um, kind of sucks for me to do this episode today, but after what happened this weekend, but I'm still going to do uh, it. What happened? I don't uh, understand. Yeah, I, I'm trying to block it out too. But <laughs> <laughs> so today we are going to name the top five favorite players of our rival team. So with me, it's going to be my top five favorite Kentucky players ever, and with Brian and Jason, they're going to name their top five Louisville players ever. So. With that, I'll go ahead and start with my number five. My number five was, to me, the glue guy for that team, even though I really don't know if they needed glue, because that team was, to me, the best college team of all time. I'm speaking of the 96 Kentucky team. Played point guard for him. To me, he was a solid player, and he's from the state of Kentucky, Anthony Epps. Um, Never really had very many high-scoring games or a big average or anything like that, but he was just a solid point guard, could play on the defensive end. Decent jump shot and just ran the team the way they needed to be run. <clears throat> so, you guys were tight too, man. Y'all like hung out and yeah, yeah, drank a, and partied together. I didn't drink because I was again <laughs> I was in high school. So, but uh, after one of my games in high school, I actually saw him at a wing place. I was like, hey, aren't you Anthony Epps? He was like, yeah, I used to be. And but now he had a, he had a picture to himself. And like you were just saying, yeah, drinking and partying. And if anybody knows Anthony Epps, he knows that that's not a surprise that. He had a pitcher, and it was by himself. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Brian, who, who you got for your number five? Number five, um, I went with uh, one of my favorite players growing up, um, member of the Cardinals championship team um, in 86, I believe it was, uh, Billy Thompson. Uh, played forward. I just remember seeing Billy around town when I was a kid, and, I mean, he was like this – I don't know why I ran into the U of L players so much when I was a kid, and not yeah. nowadays. But you used to see them around everywhere. Yeah. And uh, Billy just man, he was so cool. He always stopped and talked to people, and I loved watching him play. Um, him and Milt Wagner were pretty awesome. So number five, I'm going with Billy. Uh, just a good dude. Um, probably not even the best power forward that ever played for Louisville, but or was he a small forward? He was kind of a tweener. Yeah. He's kind of a tweener. Like, he was almost like a little bit more athletic, like Shane Bahannon type player, where he could take it out to the outside sometimes, but mo- most of the time he stayed was down. Was Shane Bahannon athletic? Shane Bahannon was pretty athletic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was, he was, he was pretty athletic. Uh, so, Billy, yeah, I really liked him. Loved watching him play and just always remember that dude. Cool. I, I probably, I, I actually went and formed a lineup or close to it at least. Um, I'll start with my guards and uh, I start with Reese Gaines. He was, he, I love Reese Gaines. And there weren't a lot of, I don't know that there were a lot of Kentucky fans that really liked watching him play because he usually played pretty well against us. Scorched us. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair though, but, there wasn't really a lot of teams he didn't really do that to. Yeah. yeah. The guy could play. He was just an exciting player to watch, uh, uh, especially on the offensive side, man. Duke could score a ton. I mean, outside of Terrence Williams, I'd say he's probably the player coming out of college. I was like, oh, he's going to be a good pro, and yeah. then he didn't. Yeah. One of the best matchups I ever got to watch live in person was in uh, Freedom Hall, and uh, Reese and Tayshawn Prince oh, yeah. were going at it, and, man, he he was giving it. <laughs> Reese yeah. was dishing it out. It's funny game. because if you look up, I think – I think I told you guys this before. Dwayne Wade still says to this day the best player he's ever played against is Reese Gaines, yeah. which is absolutely ridiculous because he's played against better players. But if you think back to some of those Marquette Louisville matchups when he was there, I mean, they were just ridiculous with Diener and Steve Novak and yeah. Dwayne Wade. And then, you know, we had people like Reese Gaines and Taekwon Dean and, and Garcia. And I don't know. Some of the players in those matchups, it was, those games were fun to watch. Yeah. But from. So that's your that's your point guard. So I'll go to my number four, and my number four is also another Kentucky boy who I felt like was also a glue guy, but he was on the 
the 2012 championship team. He also played for your all's favorite coach, Billy Gillespie. But my number four is Darius Miller. Uh, Why'd you throw Billy out there like that? You know, I got to get my shots in while I can with what happened this past weekend. You know, I got to try to feel better about myself. Should we talk about Cragthorpe? Or, I mean, talk about whatever. It hurts like pouring salt on the wound, man. Uh, (laughs) But Darius Miller, I I don't know. You never, pretty much all these guys, other than the Anthony Epps DUI thing, you really didn't hear anything bad about any of these guys that I have on my list. Uh, But Darius Miller just came in, put in work. I think he even sat the bench his senior year. Came off the bench, right? Yeah. As a six man, yeah. as they started Kid Gilchrist. Yeah. You don't see that very often where guys like, I'll take the back seat so we can win a championship. Because without him in the tournament, they're not going to win. We don't, we don't make it happen. I I think uh, Darius, I, I think every Kentucky fan loved Darius Miller. I think the struggle as a fan, though, was – we always thought that there should be a little bit more out of him. Like uh, you always expected him just to to give us a little more than he did. But man, he he got us where we where we got that year. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, it was. I mean, and he had. I think about all the players he played with too. I, I mean, he played with. I mean, he played with Jody Meeks. That was his. That was Jody Meeks's last year there. Yeah. And then, I mean, think of the team you guys would have had had Jody Meeks come back, by the way. Oh, no. That's something that a lot of people don't talk about because that's exactly what you guys missed on that team was three-point shooting. No way we lose to West Virginia with no. Jody Meeks. No, there's no, no, there's, no there's not a chance right. that you guys lose. And then he plays with Paul Cousins and Bledsoe. And then he plays with Davis, Terrence Jones, <laughs> and not Brandon Knight and all them. I mean, he had he played with a lot of good players. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, would, that would have been a great team. Jody would have stayed. I think Jody even probably regrets not staying a little bit after seeing where that team got. I mean, it's they really needed to shoot. Yeah, I just think with with what he had, he was just ready to be done. Yeah, after <laughs> after going through yeah. the list, he was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, can you imagine Tubby recruiting you and you show up on campus and you get that guy? Yeah. <laughs> uh, coach, are you drunk? Uh, don't worry about me. Just get up there and run the drill. Quit shooting. <laughs> but Brian, I, Brian this, was, this uh, would be your number four. Number four, Herb Crook. Um, he, was, he was a pretty young guy on the 86 championship team. Um, even after that team, um, he was he was pretty big. I remember him making all conference um, one of his years um, at Louisville. But he was another one of those guys that I just really liked watching play. Uh, there wasn't a lot of tall, smooth guys that could dribble and shoot. And it was like if you were tall, you played down low. Yeah. And Herb was. I just remembered him being one of those guys that seemed like he could do a little bit of everything. If you needed a rebound, if you needed a tip in against Duke, um, <laughs> just whatever, man. He was just that guy that would go out there, and uh, I, I think he was the first person that I, I ever remember the like my dad and all of his buddies calling like a utility man in basketball, nice. but. But that was kind of his M.O. It's just whatever had to get done to win. That's what Herbert wanted to do. And I just liked watching him play. Again, he just seemed like another one of those nice guys, great athlete. Um, you never heard bad things about yeah. him. And uh, just good dude. That's one that you don't really hear a lot of Louisville fans really ever talk about either. I mean, I've heard, I've definitely heard the name, and I feel like I, out of – a lot of my friends or any any some of my family, I know a pretty good amount about Louisville basketball history, and he's one like I know the name, and like I could point him out in a picture, but I don't really know that much about her Crook, to be honest with you. Which is right. interesting. That's why it's interesting to hear you talk about him because it's like it's pretty cool to hear someone else's perspective on somebody well, that I don't really know that. I much mean, about. as a kid, it's like you know you probably won't talk to a lot of Kentucky fans that know who Todd Svoboda is. <laughs> Um, right. Or, or a, a lot of Louisville fans, I mean, or just basketball fans. But if you watched all of the games and you yeah. got to see those five blowouts where he got to play, yeah. he was a fan favorite. And I think Herb was one of those guys. He never really, like, he wasn't flashy and and, and uh, as outspoken as some of the other players, so he didn't garner a lot of attention. But 
the fans, the locals that watched all the games just loved him, man. He was he was a glue guy. So that would that would move to you. So you're two guard now. Yeah, I would say he's probably more my point guard. Okay, my other guard, uh, Dewan Week. You know, I'm a I'm a sucker for for guys that grow up in a city and go to play for that team. You yeah. know, it's like I don't know if you see as much of that anymore. Guys kind of go uh, to where they'll get playing time, or they go go to the coach, and maybe not necessarily the team as much as they used to. But uh, back then, man, he's a, he's a hometown boy. I actually went to my middle school before I was there. Uh, years and years ago, that was a long time ago. Um, but uh, I always enjoyed watching him play. Man, talk about knocking down some threes. Yes, dishing the ball. I mean, he could do it all, man. I wish, wish maybe at some point in his career he would have went a little bit further. I think they got to the Elite Eight. We lost in the Elite um, Eight before we would have played you guys on yeah. a travel on Tim Duncan, but that's a different story. <laughs> but yeah, they, I mean that was that was ninety. 97 or 97 one of those two didn't he get injured one week yeah no he missed a layup or missed a he missed a layup in in, in that game also but Tim Duncan got away with a blatant travel oh no 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 no. but I mean it seemed like he like DeJuan got hurt somewhere in the tournament and just wasn't right after that I don't remember that. I could be wrong he, he might have but I mean we were still in that game and that team was solid too I mean, you think of players like Alvin Sims and Tick Rogers, and then shooters like Brian Kaiser and stuff like that. There was there was a lot of good players on that team. Damian Dantzler, which is another player that a lot of people won't remember, but yeah, Damian Dantzler was 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 solid. But yeah, Dewan Wheat actually on my on my episode the other day where I did my top five favorite players, he's my favorite player ever. Yeah, no one will ever overtake him. Yeah, it's it. I mean, it's gonna have to be a miracle for us to overtake him. That dude was he <laughs> was so fun to watch. Yep. Um, so that goes to my number three, and kind of like your Herb Crook one, you don't hear a lot of Louisville fans that's going to name this guy. Um, transfer from Manhattan, played in the late 90s for Tubby. He actually played on that championship team, didn't he? The 98 championship team? Or did he come, did he come a year after? I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Hishimu Evans played on that. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he was yeah, on the 98 championship yeah, team. absolutely did. Um, I mean, he's the only double-figure scorer that I have on my list, actually. But... He was a lefty, I believe, wasn't he? Yeah. And I just, I, every time I think of him, I always remember the baseline reverse dunk that he had against, I think it was against Vandy or something like that. It just, I don't know. I just, I love the dude. I love, I thought he was solid. He was smooth. And I don't know. I just, I like this game. For some reason, he always stuck with me. Dude's shoulders looked like he had cannonballs <laughs> yeah. on there. I mean, dude, he was so strong. So strong under the basket. He was. So who who would be your number three, Brian? Uh, number three for me is the Bay City Bomber, LeBradford Smith. <laughs> um, wow. He dude, he was just exciting to watch play. There was, a, of course, you know, back in the day, everybody was the next Jordan. But yeah. LeBradford was legitimately a guy that people were talking about. Like, could this be the next? Because he just dominated yeah, I, in, uh, in high school, in college um, and I mean he could score anytime he wanted to and still I think is one of he, Louisville's leading assist leaders. he is the, the leading assist um, uh, Pete and Steve I believe passed him up so I, I just think anytime you have a guy like that that can score at will and still shares the ball that much it says a lot about his character and and his sportsmanship and being a teammate and fun to watch, man. When you think back to, like I've gone back and look, just try to look at his highlights when he was at Louisville, because you always hear guys around your age. That's one of the first players they always mention is LeBradford Smith. Mm-hmm. And I, the main thing you always see is when he was at Louisville was him climbing Mount Everest when he dunked on that on yeah. that guy's face. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other story that I remember was the one that I brought up the last time when we recorded this was the story with Jordan, where he scored 37 on Jordan. He's, you know, he's doing his press conference, and he's like, yeah, you know, I talked about Michael Jordan. I just gave him 37. And then Michael Jordan remembered that, and they played him the next game. He had, like, 30 in the first half. And he's like, you might want to watch what you say because other people are listening. <laughs> yeah. So definitely a solid one. I've met him a couple of times. He is a very nice guy. Uh, but so who so who's gonna be your your forward here or one of um, your forwards? 
I'm going to get into uh, 1980 championship and go with Derek Smith. Derek Smith. Which nice. he was he was a six six guy. He probably could have played a couple different positions, but uh, I'm, I actually met Derek Smith. He came in uh, one of my middle school classes years and years ago, and and kind of did a little inspirational speech. And uh, he's a pretty interesting guy, man. I, I really got a lot of appreciation out of him just out of that uh, out of that one meeting. And uh, I I didn't I I guess I could go back to in time. I mean, I was pretty young when he was playing. Yeah. But he, you know, I remember him even even from when I was very very young. I still remember growing up and and him and Purvis and just going through all those years when I first started watching basketball. You gotta you gotta you gotta know Derek Smith. So this is just the question I've just thought of this because you I didn't realize that you're Jason that you're pretty much your whole family is Louisville fans until you showed me that the other day. A lot of them. And yeah. you said that your dad was a Louisville fan. How did you end up being a Kentucky fan living in the city of Louisville? My dad was a Kentucky fan, uh, and everybody else was pretty much Louisville fans. It was kind of weird like that, but I, uh, my dad was a hardcore Kentucky fan. Actually, my grandfather. Uh, New Adolph Rupp, so got into some of that. I mean, going going back in time, so, it starts with my grandfather probably more than anybody. So, uh, my dad, and my grandfather, hardcore UK fans, where the rest of rest of my family hates me. <laughs> <laughs> so how did? So um, I actually, um, I just well, I grew up. I was born in the seventies. Um, I lived right down the street from Freedom Hall. Yeah. Uh, growing up um, so you know there were always the games and stuff going on down there but then I mean it was just it was always Louisville Kentucky or Indiana against stupid Duke or UCLA <laughs> I mean my hatred for Duke didn't start with Leitner um, it started with Coach K running his mouth about U of L and a presser talking about how it's hard to get your team up for a team that shouldn't even be there. Right. Um, and I knew that moment that I hated that dude, and Johnny Dawkins. Um, so it was just, man, Kentucky, Indiana, and Louisville were college basketball. And, I mean, they were just all familiar to me as a kid. So, like, whichever team was winning that year, that, that was my team. <laughs> I, mean, I hate to sound like that, but, I mean, I was a kid, and you know, Indiana's on fire this year, and I get to watch all their games because they come on around here. Yeah. And it's Louisville, and, you know, if I get lucky, I might even get to go to one of those games. Yeah. Um, so I just loved college basketball. We had three really solid teams to watch, and you never knew what Bobby Knight was going to do. So <laughs> yeah. the, the first two or three games of actual college basketball games I went to in my life, were at Freedom Hall and Louisville wasn't there any of those times. It was always <laughs> Kentucky and Indiana usually. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it really, the the first several oh, games yeah, I went to, I, always play yeah. I, I'm pretty sure the last time they did was the Mike Davis uh, face slapping game. Was the last <laughs> was Freedom Hall game? Awesome. I think after that, you guys um, went to home and home. That yeah. was that game. I mean, you they still had a chance to win, <laughs> and he goes absolutely ballistic, gets a technical. And slashed his face, and yeah, that was pretty much the end of the game. And you know, if Bobby Knight would have done that, Indiana fans would have went nuts. Like, they would have loved him for it. Mike Davis did that, and they hated him. Yeah. <laughs> they hated him. Yeah. So, so you, it was mainly, what, so may, what made you stick with Kentucky at the, at the, at some point? Um, Louisville fans. yes no uh, I don't I don't know really man I mean I I still think today and a lot of my Kentucky fan friends give me a lot of crap but man I still want to see UofL do good Um, I'm not a hater of UofL by any means Uh, I like to get into some some conversations with some people and, and rib people but man honestly I mean my my son's grown up the same way. I mean, when when we couldn't make it to a Kentucky game, you know, it's Lexington. You get drag your kid out and you go sit at a football game or a basketball game, and they get tired, and then you want to leave, and, and then it's you long drive, drive home, yeah. and it's just always easier to go to the U of L games, man. And we enjoyed them. Um, I, I used to take Liam to the U of L women's basketball games when he was playing. 
grade school ball um, just so he could see good technique and good habits and good fundamentals. And I'd use I'd coach him. We'd watch the game, and so I just you know I, it's it's hard for me to be in a city and try to be a part of a city and just hate the home team. I mean, hell, going to a women's game now would probably be better than going to our men's team for, with the way we played this past weekend. And our women's team <laughs> you know, is 16 and 0 now. I have respectfully avoided that conversation with you um, to this point. And yeah, we're not rubbing any salt in the wound, man. No, we're I mean, I brought respectful. it up. I, br- I brought it up. You're, you're courageous for that. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, we did beat you guys like a drum. Did. So it's. it's you did. <laughs> courageous. I mean, there's and, not really much I can say. There's not really much I can say. If we were doing favorite UK players for me today, I'd just say the ref. Yeah, I, and you you know what? You'd probably be warranted in saying that. <laughs> they, they I, I know a guy that's pretty hard on those refs right now. It's uh-huh. definitely not John Calipari because he has no reason to be. <laughs> so uh, We usually have reason to be. You in guys should have had the refs play. from the Georgia game. No, no kidding. I didn't, even, I didn't even watch game. it. I couldn't even. I didn't even want to see the color blue for at least two or three days. I don't blame you. So, um, you said your your last one was who? Now? Derek Smith. Derek Smith. Yeah. So, I think you're on your fourth. So yeah. my number two is actually um, a guy that when I played in high school, I actually modeled my free throws after, just because I saw how good of a free throw shooter he was, and was also a transfer, but he's also from the state of Kentucky. I just realized this that. Three of my five players were actually from the state of Kentucky. But um, Travis Ford was actually my earliest basketball memory I had for Kentucky was Travis Ford. I mean, I just remember him back in the LSU days. and um, I mean, he, another player that I, I can't believe I didn't mention, but my buddy kind of reminded me of me the other day was Walter McCarty, too. He'd probably be on my honorable mentions. I liked Walter McCarty a lot. But the ugliest basketball player in Kentucky of all time. I don't know, man. Roderick Rhodes is pretty Roderick bad. Was Roderick Rhodes was... He's pretty busted. He looked like Franklin the Turtle. Oh, <laughs> Rob <laughs> there, I mean, there's... Maybe that's another like episode. Met Heisenbuttle. I mean, there's some right. bad ones. Yeah. We, could, we could maybe go through the ugliest players for each team. Bozak Smith yeah. for Louisville. Bozak Smith was not something to look Pro-Zach at. Prozac Smith. <laughs> but uh, Travis Ford, I mean, solid player, could shoot it from anywhere, like you said, and also was very unselfish. Um, but, yeah, so who, who would be your number two? Um, Dewan. Um, <laughs> I, I know we already went all around, but same stuff. I mean, you got a guy I, I think is the leading three-point shooter for U of L all time. Um, and he's up there. I mean, he's at least top five in scoring. Uh, if you're talking and, and all-time s- scoring, he's s- number three because Angel McCautry's one, which a lot of people don't realize that she passed up Daryl Griffith. Oh, wow. Yeah. So she is actually number one in Louisville scoring if you're talking about all of basketball, but men's basketball, it's Daryl Griffith. And, and this him. is why I want to come on to Beef's Beef all yeah. the time so I can just get <laughs> stats, baby. He's got him. Um, Dewan, I, he just, like LeBradford, did it all. I mean, he could, if he came across the court, half court line, and you didn't pick him up, he was in range. Yeah. Like, you should be picking him up at half court. And still, top five assist guy, I'm pretty sure. Um, and he played defense. Yeah. And just all around great player. And man, I love to just watch him just let him go from 26, 27 feet out. My, my favorite thing about him was it, it was almost not. He and Tony Delk kind of remind me of the same the way their shots were. When they shot, their legs kicked out at the same time. Both of them did that. Mm-hmm. Tony Delk got a lot more height on his jump shot, but I mean, Tony Delk was one of the highest jumpers I've ever seen with a jump shot. Yeah, man. He's like. His feet were, like, at your face and he shoot a jump shot. I mean, have you ever encountered the eight-foot rim effect? Yeah. Where you drop the rim down to eight feet in the backyard, and all of a sudden you and your buddies all shoot, like, 83% from the field? That's that's why Tony shot so good. When he jumped, he was shooting on an eight-foot rim. Yeah. Who jumps that high in a jump shot? (laughs) Jeff Shepard. Yeah, yeah, Jeff (laughs) Shepard. So... Uh, next would be another forward for you, Jason. I'm going with uh, Samaki Walker. 
It's um, uh, one of my one of my favorites. I, I I like bigger guys that are pretty versatile, like he was. Um, I also like when he went to the Lakers and he ended up getting really fat. That was pretty funny. <laughs> he also had one of the ugliest draft day uh, suits of all time too, with the hat and the all. I don't know. It was it was bad. It it was you never would have realized that his train wreck of a draft day suit would pretty much show you how his NBA career was going to be. I never really realized that. You're like, oh, man, yeah, this is really Does how your whole career is going to be. Can we, think, can we trace back? I think uh, that suit just blew suits. out both of his knees is yeah. what happened. Yeah. <laughs> like, if if that is actually something that works, like if yeah, someone wears like, a terrible suit. No, because I'm pretty sure Tracy McGrady's suit was pretty bad, too. Yeah, that I remember it being pretty, pretty ugly. There's There's been some bad ones. That is something you need to look that I need to look up. It's just to look at draft day suits and see who's over the worst and see if it correlates at all to their game in the future. Then it would be pretty funny. So Top top five worst uh, draft day suits. suits. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I'm going to have to do that Next one week on Beef Speed. I'm going to have to do that one on Facebook Live, though, so I can actually show yeah, the picture. Yeah. Yeah. In all the glory. Some, I mean, that's the Mocky Walker one's definitely got to be up there. I don't know if you do. You remember that one? It was on his rookie card. I just remember it being on there. Like, oh God, you all couldn't have found a better picture of this dude. Like what? If is somebody this? couldn't tell him, like, hey man, don't wear that. No, don't, don't do don't that. Don't wear that. You're gonna be on national TV. Don't yeah. don't put that on. So, this guy actually took over my number one. Um, I mean, obviously when he was playing, because Travis Ford was my number one favorite player for, from Kentucky for a while. But my number one is a. Uh, is a guy that was, you know, played a lot bigger than what he really was, and it was Chuck Hayes. Another guy that just came, you know, just a lunch pail guy, just came in, did what he had to do. And, I don't know, ugly free throw shot, but other than that, the dude was solid. Yeah. And he was in there in a kind of a, kind of in a bad era, too. Not as bad as Gillespie, but he was kind of there towards the end of the Tubby Smith era when it started to go start to go downhill. Yeah. But he, he was probably on, I mean, out of Kentucky teams, all-time Kentucky teams that I've watched in my lifetime, it was one of my top three favorite teams. I mean, you got to love the Unforgettables. And, uh, you know, it's easy to love the 96 and the 98 teams. But, man, that team with Fitch and Bogans and Chuck Hayes, Eric man, Daniels, Eric Daniels that, team, too, right? that, mm-hmm. that team was, man, they were hard to beat. And... Um, who did we lose to? Um, what team we lose to that year? You lost to Dwayne Wade. No, or yeah, we lost to Dwayne Wade. I'm yeah, thinking of a team. Yeah, you all yeah. lost. To, no, you all lost to Squeaky Johnson UAB. So UAB. Lost, that's who I was Squeaky trying to Johnson think of. Squeaky Johnson took the ball and threw yes. it over his head full court. That's the game <laughs> I'm thinking of. The sinking green. Yeah, UAB. That game hurt. That's your There's no reason we should have lost that game. Morehead State. Yeah. I mean, UAB is uh, obviously better than Morehead, but yeah. you all were better than what we were when we lost to Morehead. That was definitely your all's Morehead game in the tournament. Yeah, total buzz. That, I mean, you they come down the court. He gets that rebound. He doesn't even look. and just literally throws it throws over his it over. head. Yep. All the way down. I was like, oh, my gosh. I cried a little bit after That's, that game. I mean, I was – we, we that, that team was great. I, I don't think they were missing anything. They just – they just got unlucky. I mean, just like against Wade, I mean, Bogans gets hurt and can't can't play any defense. That was pretty much uh, the coming out party of Dwayne yeah. Wade, really. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what blew him up to get him drafted so high. It's another. Yeah. It's another episode. I yeah. I wonder. Oh, I if, remember watching that guy and going, "Who the hell is this guy? <laughs> like, where did he come?" And I mean, I'd heard his name. I'd seen him play a few games, but what is this freaking nature stuff that he's doing? Yeah. It's just he played well against us, but I that game is is almost like now like I said it's coming out party, but it was almost like he gave confidence to himself when he did that. Yeah. It was just kind of like, oh, I could do this against teams like this. I can do this against anybody, and it showed. This is literally did. his rookie year. I mean, his rookie year was oh three oh four, and he won the title the the next year oh four oh five with Shaq. Yeah. So, I mean, it was solid. So who who is your number one, Brian? Uh, never nervous, Purvis Ellison. Um, man, when that dude showed up at U of L, he was a freak. Yeah, there just wasn't seven foot. I mean, he wasn't seven foot. He was like six ten or so, six nine. 
But basically, I mean, in my eyes, a seven-footer that could dribble the ball, moved like lightning. I mean, he was fast. He was explosive. And he dunked everything. Um, he dunked everything. everything. Um, but, I mean, you just didn't see a lot of players like that back then. And, uh, you know, four-year starter. I think if his knees weren't made out of balsa wood, he would have been a great <laughs> NBA player. Um, but really, I mean, without the – he just – kind of like Sam Bowie. Mm-hmm. Just a really, really good ball player that should have been an NBA star and just couldn't couldn't keep those knees together, man. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Purvis was – I don't – I'm not saying that everybody would say that he is the best UofL player of all time, but he'd be a hard person for anybody to argue against. I mean, there's lots of great ones. He's as good as the greats, and uh, he was my favorite to watch for sure. He was yeah. my favorite as well. That was my number one. That yeah. Was, yeah, and I think if anything could have swayed me to be a Louisville fan in those days, it would have been him. Um, man, he was just really, really fun to watch. You couldn't stop him. I mean, no, there was nobody in college basketball that could match up to him in, in taking. Uh, I remember Rex trying to dunk on him. Yeah. <laughs> I remember Rex eating a basketball. Yeah, yeah. I, I told you all before when you all both brought up Purvis Ellison, it's just kind of sad because the first memory of Purvis Ellison for me was Dreadlocks Purvis Ellison when he was oh, pretty yeah. much already done. Isn't He's, that when he had like a tricked out Suzuki sidekick with like subwoofers <laughs> in it? Probably. He'd drive around town and you see him at the liquor stores and stuff. <laughs> probably. I mean, I think it was at the point where he was playing in Boston. So, I mean, it was already. Oh, yeah. yeah it was, was. He had already got rookie of the year, got hurt, got yeah. comeback player of the year, and then started sucking again. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of one I remembered Purvis Ellison so I never Sorry. really got, yeah I never really got the the full effect of Purvis Ellison yeah so that is Purvis Ellison your your yeah. your starting center yeah so absolutely I, if I'm doing a lineup though uh my lineup is going to have everybody in there the same but then my center would be Anthony Davis so point guard forward shooting guard Shimu Evans small forward Darius Miller power forward Chuck Hayes center Anthony Davis and then my sixth man would be Andre Riddick. It's because I like that guy. I just, I <laughs> Riddick. Riddick the Rejector. All I can think about is LSU. <laughs> Riddick, Riddick the Rejector. Boy, do people in Louisiana hate Andre Riddick. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure they do. Yes. They hate that old team. He can yeah. block some shots. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I did have honorable mention okay. on uh, a couple of guys that just, man, great. Great players, really fun to watch, and that's Alvin Sims, um, who I used to refer to as the Charles Barkley of Louisville, (laughs) yeah, Um, and Jerome Harmon. Man, it makes me sad to think about Jerome Harmon. He is maybe one of the most incredible athletes I've ever watched play in person. And it wasn't at a U of L game; it was at Wyandotte Park. <laughs> right. um, <laughs> but literally, you could. And if you've ever been to Wyandotte Park to yeah. play basketball, like you can't go. I can't go to Wyandotte Park today and get the next game. No, right. Nobody wants to be on my team, nor will I ever be picked up. They play basketball out there, and he was just visibly more athletic, faster, jump higher, stronger than everybody I mean everybody um, but just explosive player just you know one of those tough stories couldn't get his act together but uh, Jerome Harmon I think was just one of the most fantastic basketball players I've ever watched I got a, I got a funny story about Wyandotte Park I was out there actually playing one time when I was in high school and there was this guy who was definitely on something and his teammates kept getting mad because he wouldn't pass him the ball. So he said, you want me to pass you the ball? And he throws it off of the backboard, jumps up with one hand, and catches it back here behind his head and then dunks it. He goes, I'll pass the ball when I want to pass the ball. <laughs> the kid was like, all right, yeah, I guess you win that one. We were just like, where did this come from? Dude just looked like 
slam dunk Ernest over here. Like, where did this come from? <laughs> it just, it was, it was definitely some next level stuff that he was on. He just never would have guessed he was going to do that. I was like, all right, cool, man. But, <laughs> but, uh, last part here. This is this is just a little thing I threw in the last time we were doing this, and I, I can't wait to watch your face again when I say this one. And I'm excited for Jason's because Jason said he switched this up. So I'm actually excited to hear this one. So this one, Brian, we'll start with you. Who is who is your least favorite Louisville player of all time? Since we said our favorites, who's your least favorite? Marvin Stone. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what your followers are right now, but Marvin, if you're listening, I hate you. Well, Marvin, Marvin's it's not your fault. I just hate you. No, Marvin Stone can't really follow. He, he's dead. He's not listening. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Well, I could say something really off color, but you guys already know where I'm going with that. So Marvin Stone was. <clears throat> I grew up hearing all about Marvin Stone, and he was going to be the next Shaquille O'Neal. He was going to dominate, and who's he going to go play for? Kentucky Wildcats. Loved it. Was so excited. He did nothing but fail every game he played for the Wildcats. So not only does he leave Kentucky. I think we nicknamed, gave him a middle name of Hands Of. Mar- Marvin, yes. Marvin Stone hands. Marvin hands of stone. Marvin hands of stone. So he takes his bench warming butt to U of L to follow the guy that left us to coach at U of L a few years down the road. And uh, it's not bad enough that he comes to Kentucky and sucks and never lives up to his hype. Then he transfers. <laughs> To, to the rivalry across town. Then he plays the game of his career against Kentucky. Like, <laughs> at least... Du- I think it was a body double. Um, <laughs> so you think he was already dead at this point? They just put a body double yes. up there for Marvin Stone? Yes, I think he died with his dreams of going to the pros <laughs> at Kentucky. <laughs> and then they put in a ringer of some sort to go double-double on, <laughs> on Kentucky, play the game of... I don't... Oh, I hate Marvin Stone. <laughs> I, 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 I hate's a strong word. I dislike him so much that um, I was not disappointed to remember the news that he's not with us anymore. Wow. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far about my guy, but let's, let's, hear, let's, hear, let's hear who Jason is. You know, I could, I could say anybody at this point, and it really doesn't match Brian's hatred for Marvin Stone. <laughs> I'm, I'm, um, I'm going to get close to matching his hatred yeah. with mine. Oh, I know. I know you I'm, will. I'm going to You're get in there. Um, Cliff Rozier. Clifford Rosie oh. was one of my one of the guys. Man, I, I couldn't understand how nobody could ever stop that stupid little up and under move that he had. <laughs> like oh. he, he went to it every time, and like every time we played him, it was like nobody could stop it. I'm, man, it, he and it almost looked like he traveled it, every he, time. He did it, it every time, like, but no, man. It, it, God. So you guys are saying referees miss calls? Is that what no, you guys we, are saying? No, we wouldn't say that. No. no. So refs never miss calls? Is Especially not on December 29th. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a new year. <laughs> turn to new year, new, new year, new me, right? Yeah, yeah, let's move past the, the bad calls. Yeah, and um, he just he just didn't seem like... He didn't seem like a typical Denny Crumb recruit. Like, no. he, he just didn't fit... For some reason, well, he did transfer me. from North Carolina, right? I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah, yeah. He transferred from yeah. North Carolina, and and uh, he was a Carolina guy, I think. He was from Florida. Was he? Yeah, I think he was from Florida. The one thing I noticed about him was he had a brand new Ford Explorer <laughs> when they were just coming out <laughs> right. in college because <laughs> I changed the oil on it one time. Oh, did you? <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, wow, this is a really nice truck for a 19-year-old in college. While you're changing oil for 7 25 really an hour. And that seem not like a Denny Crumb guy. Because, <laughs> you know, Denny ran a pretty legit... Let's not talk about program. players that drive fancy cars around campus. 
We don't need to do that. Yeah, I mean, I could even throw one of Louisville's guys in there, but we're not. We're gonna go into it. I don't really like that guy anyway. But, <laughs> um, so was mine. I probably match the the hatred that that you or the dislike that you have, because not only is Brian a Kentucky man, but Brian also shares a birthday with his. Is he was obviously born before me because he's old, but that's very true. But we we share the same birthday of December eighteenth, and December eighteenth, two thousand and four. I will never forget that day. It's a day that lives in infamy in all Louisville fans' hearts. And and it doesn't in Kentucky fans' hearts. They still love it to this day. They still... Because both of them are both smirking right now because they already know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Was the day that Patrick Sparks River danced his way to a win against Louisville. He... Did he get fouled? I guess you could say that. But that was after he traveled and almost stepped out of bounds and then jumped up and jumped into Otis George and got to the free throw line. So, uh, you speaking about Marvin Stone and saying... If you're going to properly thrust yourself into a guy jumping to try to block a shot... He probably thrust himself into a lot of guys. You you need a couple steps to get that momentum. Yeah. He he definitely did. (laughs) Gosh, like that was that was my you got that was my sixteenth birthday. Happy birthday, Dave. That's supposed to be your sweet sixteen that they say, and I had to watch that penguin-looking dude go up there and river dance his way to a foul that shouldn't even have been called, and then go up there and hit three free throws with his freaking t-shirt on. It's like I bet he probably takes a shower in a T-shirt. Like, come on, dude! Really? <laughs> you think he's that kid at the pool? But yeah. he's for sure the yes. guy at the pool that that yeah. wears the T-shirt. And it's like we can still see what's under your T-shirt. You should probably still take it off. We're probably all fat here anyway. Just take it <laughs> off. It's not really that big a deal. I don't know if you're just allergic to the sun or something. What it is? But you know, uh, sorry that was on your birthday, man. That hurts. Awful. I will say. You know, we come into the office and throw jabs at each other yeah. and we talk about the game. That's one of those games that when I came into work the next the, the day after, I think it was on a Saturday. or The game was on a Saturday. It was on a yeah. Saturday. When I came back in on Monday, man, I didn't say I didn't Nothing. say a word to anybody. <laughs> I just sat there and smiled, baby. You, were, <laughs> you knew you were lucky to just walk away from that, that one. That's like the that's like the 2009 with Edgar Sosa. I didn't say anything to anybody, right? Because just like that, when you're like, whoops, I, I can't even believe he shot that. that like, honorable mention of hatred. Ed, <laughs> yeah, hatred. Yep. Edgar Sosa. I thought about that one, um, but yep. re- respect. Mr. Sosa, I only dislike you so much because you're good. That that was the only game that Louisville's ever beat us that I actually came in and said, man, y'all deserve that win. Y'all beat us. And, you know, usually I'm blaming it on something. Uh, man, he just he shot a gutsy shot and hit it. That was a heck of a shot. But going back to Patrick Sparks, here's the reason why Kentucky fans love Patrick Sparks. Was it because Rondo got his girlfriend pregnant? Yeah. Is that why? Well, that's, that's why I love John Rondo. <laughs> Thank you for that one. Yeah. Beef cuts to the bone. Yeah, beef, <laughs> beef really hates this guy. I cannot stand that, dude. I, I really feel like Patrick Sparks made every Kentucky boy feel like he was capable of playing Kentucky basketball. Like, if he could do it, any of us could do it. Um, no disrespect to him because he played his butt off. Yeah, he the, worked the, hard. The, the one shot that I remember that I went nuts over was at Michigan State when they were playing in the Dome. And that thing rolled around 17 times. I think I passed out and woke up and passed out again while it was still rolling on the rim. If you didn't do it then, you did it during the replay. That thing oh. went over for, what, 45 minutes? Jeez, man. I, it, I'm sure for you guys it felt even longer because you're like, oh, no, did we win? Did we lose? Did we win? Did we lose? This is going <laughs> overtime. What's going on? <laughs> and it's a shame that we lost because if we would have won that game, I think that would have been another game that was just like maybe that's one of the greatest of all time. Just you all would just, have had what North Carolina, wouldn't you? Yeah, just, but that that was a dogfight, man. That was that was an amazing game, and we shouldn't have lost, but we lost. That would have been a heck of a final. I mean, it was already a good final four anyway, because that was the same year we came back against West Virginia in the tournament, and ended up getting run by Illinois in the final four. But I mean, just think that had been two Kentucky teams in the in a final four again, and I mean that's. You guys in North Carolina, us and that Illinois team was loaded. Any other year, that Illinois team wins it, but that North Carolina team was loaded right. too. I mean, that was Roy Williams' what first or second year in North Carolina. And that team was just 
full of players that didn't go to class. Yep. Self admitted. That's <laughs> <laughs> Rashad McCants. He'll tell uh, you. That's another story. Uh, but yeah, I mean, any any more hate, hated guys that you guys have, or is that or is that pretty much all the the hated guys? Rick Pitino. Say Rick he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't play for us. I think we both kind of hate him. <laughs> all three of us probably hate him the same amount now. I mean, at some point, he's let all of us down. He has. So, so let's talk, if I can, let's talk okay. about the game. We haven't talked about it. Me I, and you I mean, I've, I've talked it. about it. Yeah. I, know, I know you're upset. Uh, I was happy with a couple things because we talked about the game before, uh, I think before we left work the other mm-hmm. day. And I was happy we finally blocked shots. Yeah. I was I was I was happy that we we seemed to post up a little bit. Uh, we just we played completely different. I think up to that point, I mean we hadn't played that well all season long, and it kind of looked like we reverted to it against Georgia again. Yeah. Um, I think my most frustrating thing, and I'm going to sound like a, a a typical Kentucky fan. Usually, uh, Cal will never play that zone defense. And you, you hear all these guys on the call-in shows going, I don't wish that Calipari would just play that zone. What's wrong with him? Yeah. We would have won if he would have played zone. I hate that. But this team is so much more comfortable in zone. They're, they just don't understand man-to-man defense. And uh, at some point, Cal's going to have to give in. He keeps trying to force-feed that man-to-man defense. And at some point, he's going to have to give in and just say, you know what? These guys are just – they, they have a lot easier time. They're a lot more comfortable on the court playing zone. I'm just kind of playing zone. Yeah. They seem to have a hard time playing man-to-man as a team. Yeah. It seems to be the when do I pick up, when do I switch off, when do I cover, when who do you leave. I would even, they have a bad habit of leaving the wrong guy. And they're help. constantly chasing. Yeah. That's all they do is throw chase. that – uh, beyond their defensive side, other than the Louisville game, the games that I've watched, you all, this is the least amount that he's had as a cohesive unit since he's been at Kentucky. I, I thought about this at George, watching a Georgia game. Uh, I didn't get to watch it live, but I watched a replay of it, and I was just thinking, at this point in the season, I, I think Kentucky fans, since we have so much turnover every year with players, we spend the first half of the season trying to figure out who our team is. And I still can't really figure it out. Like, they don't have an identity. It seems like like we just keep throwing random guys out there and they're trying to figure out how to play with each other every night. Uh, There's still – there's just not a lot of chemistry, it doesn't feel like. Um, I I don't know if we just played out, out of our butts during the Louisville game. Uh, I don't know if we'll, I don't know if that's what we need to expect out of our team as they grow together, um, but unfortunately for you guys, they just came together that one game and actually played what we've been waiting for, and then we played Georgia or two days ago and it just went right back. I mean that was the best game you all played all season and the worst game we've played all season. Right. And in a rivalry game, that's not the and the when you said we had we hadn't talked about it and. You know, Matt and I were debating that back and forth on the on Facebook about how I felt like I, I I still believe it. Like I went back and watched the game to see, okay, maybe I'm just still emotional from the game. Let's stick to what you what you call me being level headed. I want to go. I want to go back and watch this. So I went back and watched it. And now, does that mean we don't lose the game? No, I'm not. I'm not saying that because you all did play well regardless of what happened. You all did. I mean, there's shots that. Quite a green was hit, and I was just like, "There's nothing you can do about that." Like the first two shots he hit coming out in the second half. Mm-hmm. I mean, Q's hands right in his face. There's nothing you can do right. about that. And there's certain shots that you guys hit that were just like, but some of the things that you guys help guys got help with in the first half that completely killed our momentum, like the overturned goaltend. I don't know how you can overturn a goaltend. That right. one still and again, that's only two points. But then there's three or four and ones that shouldn't have been and ones that puts big men in foul trouble, which then leaves it open for you guys to drive to the basket. Which then, when you have the younger players coming off the bench, playing a hostile environment, it's just a snowball that is rolling down a hill in a place that you're not going to want that I happening. Think, I think that you know people that criticize you for making that statement. I think one of the things, and I don't, if Matt's listening, I don't mean him in particular, but I think one of the things that people have to take into consideration is like the goaltend thing. 
That's just two points. Yeah. I mean, you could argue a four-point swing. People have to realize what affects the dynamics of the game. Exactly, which is exactly what I was talking about. Um, and and man, I've I've seen teams' momentum get killed by watching a replay. You know, you're just on fire, and now we spent three minutes standing around watching refs stare at a screen. Yeah, and you get back into the game and now all of a sudden we're missing shots and we're not doing as well. So, I mean, I think, I think it's fair to say that that can affect things. And I, after looking at that and I, I just, I looked back on it and I was like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to pick apart his argument that he's making on here. I was coming for you, um, at least in my mind. So yeah. I go to the box scores and man, you look in the box scores and Louisville shot terrible from three point range. Which I agreed with the whole time. Period. Yeah. But the box score does not look like a twenty nine point game. The box score looks like a five point game. Mm-hmm. I mean, rebounds, assists, turnovers, points. Um, everything is so similar. I mean, it, this looks like a game that was decided in the last few minutes in the box scores, I still can't look at the statistics and wrap my brain around how it was a 30-point game. And, man, probably flow and momentum and that type of stuff plays into that. Yeah, I mean, there was there was so many plays that... Because, I, like I said, I, I literally gave myself like 10 minutes to calm down, and I was like... I, I had it on DVR, so I was like, I'm going to watch the first half again. And... And I even told myself, I said, look, you're going to watch this with an open mind, and if you're wrong, you're going to admit that you're wrong. Because, I mean, that's just the way I am. If I, I'm not going to have this show if I don't feel like I'm going to be logical and level-headed with it. And I went, there was just so many, like you said, that were momentum-changing calls that it killed our flow, it killed our momentum, if we had any at any point. And... We did shoot terribly. That was one thing that, if you saw when, when I was talking about that was not anything that I ever disagreed with. We shot terrible. We took terrible shots. But that shouldn't take you out of a game because of the way someone's calling a game. I mean, we, we, didn't, we definitely didn't help ourselves, but we also didn't have any help either, which is not what I'm asking for. Just, just call the game. That's, yeah. all, that's all that I was asking about. And, and speaking of. I don't know. I mean, you guys won. There's no. I still think even if the foul calls were even and that momentum was the way it was, you all, you all were better that day. That was that was not anything they ever disagreed with. I'm not saying that those calls were any different. We would have won. There's no telling. But I mean, you just said, yeah, look how prob- even. It's probably not 30 points. Yeah. I mean, uh, we lose by 10. I'm still pissed because I never want to lose to Kentucky. But we don't look like a joke, which is basically. We were the punchline of many jokes the past weekend. You know, I, I haven't watched, I don't think I've watched more than five minutes of Louisville basketball this year besides yeah. that game. Um, but it seemed like it seemed like you guys were off. I mean, sure. y'all came out, and, and it was a good game to start, but it seemed like, uh, it just didn't seem like y'all had to fight that you usually have, and maybe maybe it was part of the foul calls, but sometimes as a player you got to look past that, just put your head down, and still go out and want to win that game. Um, well, it, it just felt like there was something. Quinn Snyder actually said at the. At, did you hear what he said? Yeah, he says yeah. after Kawhi Green hit that shot, pretty much everybody gave up, and which is can. terrible to hear that. Yeah, yeah. But it's like was, when your senior captain comes out and says, "We pretty much gave up, and we were looking for a leader." That's you. You're a you're a captain that's, on the team. That's what I was going to say. Is the the main thing I saw from that game is I, I I said Quentin Snyder has to come out and he has to lead this team this season. Period. Yeah. Because there's going to be a lot of moments. I mean, you guys got a black cloud hanging over. There's a lot of negative things going on. So it's easy as a college kid, an 18 year old, 20 year old kid to just kind of get down in the dumps and get down by a few points and probably just throw in a towel. And this isn't a slight towards you. are not going to be the best team we play this year. No, we're not. We play at Cameron Indoor Stadium in less than two months. That place right there with yeah. that Duke team, we'll talk about a team that gets calls. Yeah. That team's going to get every call. Well, If can, we can't get over it and rub. You can see we won two games and we still dropped in the AP poll. So everybody, everybody sees that. So and I think – 
But I, I, I don't think it's incorrect because I think this is a team that may have some mediocre success this year, but a lot of these guys will end up coming back for once the next year. I bet year. this team ends up being like that Brandon Knight team. Yeah. Where the whole, se- the whole season they underachieve, 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 and then they come out of the tournament and you're just like, is this even the same team? Right. And Sudden it just Yeah, sinks. something clicks. Yeah. And which I think a lot of times with your all's one and done guys, if you look at it, it's like the reason it clicks for them in March is not anything that Cal Perry does. It's almost like they realize this is this it. This is it right here. Yeah. We're gonna have to do something to, yeah. for us to get to get noticed. Like I, I think the goal is all of them want to be pros, yeah. but then you get to that point where you're like, man, college basketball's fun, and I love this, and this could be it for me. I got one game, and I, I think. I was going to mention earlier when we were talking about, you know, them reverting right back to old habits after the Louisville game. Um, It's really hard, I think, for college players to come in and immediately understand that you have to play as hard as you can play every single night. Yeah. And uh, especially if you're at a big school. Um, especially when conference play starts. I don't think that those guys were even mildly prepared for the amount of hatred that every other (laughs) player in the SEC feels for them. And I don't care if you were here last season or not, or the last 14. Um, You put that jersey on. Everybody on my team hates you. When when Billy Gillespie was coaching – Man, when we played in the, in the SEC those couple of years, oh, they were, man, like they were lining up just ready to beat beat us by forty, and that's that's how it's always going to be. Um, I, I think I think you're right, and, and I think uh, Kevin Knox comes to mind when he's when he's playing. He does he 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 spins away from the basket and 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 throws up a hook or he or he throws up a fadeaway jump shot way too often when that guy should be posting up and just banging with people. And uh, you see some of those, those young guys get out there and they're not ready for that college-level contact. And this team isn't. I think once we start playing those South Carolinas and those Alabamas, those really not very good but real grimy teams, oh, yeah. they're going to beat the crap out of us. You're going to see a lot of guys laying on the ground with the ball <laughs> going to the other end of the court, looking up, wondering why they didn't get a call. By the way, I watched Alabama play the other day. Did you all watch them play yes. Texas A&M the other day? Yes. Holy cow, there may not be a more athletic team, one through five, that I've seen in the nation. Bama? Yeah. Yeah, I'll give them one through three, man. Have you seen? <laughs> have you seen? Have you seen Colin Sexton play yet for Alabama? Yes. That dude is. I've a been watch, freak. I started watching him last year when he signed. I started watching him in high school because I was telling my buddy James, James, if you're listening, hi. Uh, about I was like, man, you guys have a juggernaut high school player. Yeah. Coming yep. in. Yeah. Um, but I mean, did you see the game earlier this year where their whole bench got thrown out? <laughs> yeah, he was. They one. actually beat. No, they lost. They the, almost no in the second oh, half. Oh yeah, yeah. They actually beat them in the set. Like they. That was the game they where were, they ended with three players, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. The triangle. <laughs> they, they were <laughs> down so by. Nuts. They were like down by like eight or ten points when the team gets thrown off the floor, mm-hmm. and. Uh, then they end up losing by like three. That was against Colin Six that had almost forty. Yeah, he kick and play, man. They were playing just... a one-two zone. Yeah. It was awesome. It was like anything beyond fifteen feet, you can just have it. Yeah, <laughs> you can have all the fifteen-foot plus jumpers you want. Yeah, so he's was... he's good, and that 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 team impressed me. And they're not even ranked, but just one through five, all of them were freak athletes. Mm-hmm. But. That's pretty much it. Thanks, guys, for coming on. I'm glad we got to re-record this one because this was one that I feel like a lot of people that are close to me kind of wanted to hear this, that I'm actually naming a Kentucky player that I like because I don't yeah. do that very often. <laughs> so It was uh, fun. I'm, I, I appreciate the invite. For sure. We'll definitely do it again. I mean, maybe not in the in – the, uh, the place that we did last time or in that, in that type Probably of setting. Probably bourbon club meetings are not the best. Like yeah. Yeah. It's pretty opinionated. Yeah. <laughs> Things escalate quickly sometimes. Yeah. If uh, if you if if you had a, just a, a little copy of that old one that that last one we recorded, whew, man, I'd, I'd I'd like to hear that again. Oh, I, I have it, but 
that would be something that just you guys can <laughs> After listening to some of it, that's definitely not something I'm going to release to the public with my name on it. So <laughs> it's definitely just going to be one that you guys can have that you can listen to because one the the a lot of I'm, none of my voice is really heard at all, which is probably going to be better for you guys anyway. But uh, yeah, there's just, there's a lot of stuff. It was entertaining. It definitely was. It was but, entertaining. But uh, thanks for having us, man. I for, I for sure. hope to uh, do this again, and uh, we can we can talk a little more basketball. For I sure. Enjoy it. Uh, again, guys, thanks for thanks for listening. Keep sharing. Keep liking. Uh, this is Beef's Beef episode fourteen. Signing off. Y'all have a good one.